1: Green
0: light of the in-between podcast where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. And we're back Woo-hoo! for a new season. <laughs> hey now,
1: I know you missed us because yes. we missed you. Yes, we sure <laughs> did.
0: We've been busy over the summer doing lots of recordings and getting ready for this next season of the in-between podcast. Mm-hmm. And today's episode, man, you just buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be amazing.
1: (laughs) For sure. And as some of you have started school already, or some of you, maybe like us, are about to start school, this episode is amazing for parents, teachers, people who work with kids. But also, as Sherilyn will talk about, this is revolutionary for marriages, too.
0: Yeah. So this episode, we're going to be talking about improving the emotional intelligence of your kids. We are chatting with Sherilyn Orr about a simple relational approach that is going to help you, not Mm -hmm. just for your kids, but you become aware of your emotions, how your emotions impact others, and then how you can then bring that into your marriage, into your home, and into your parenting.
1: Exactly. Well, Sherilyn introduces a common language and imagery of a stoplight to help everyone manage their emotions. Rooted in neuroscience and the Bible, the approach she describes has been used around the world because it spans all cultural contexts. And podcast family, we know a lot of you don't even listen and live in North America. So please tune in as she talks about approach that can really be used wherever you live because she's talking about how can we create a home? How can we create a family and a marriage where people feel seen Safe and loved. And no matter where you live in the world, no matter what culture that you are a part of, those are common core needs that God has given us.
0: Yeah. Sherilyn is the author of Signals, How Brain Science and the Bible Help Parents Raise Resilient Children. And that subtitle in and of itself is what really we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about merging brain science and the Bible for stronger relationships and resilient kids. Sherilyn is she's so passionate mm-hmm. you'll, you'll see hear it. it you'll yep. hear it and this is actually this is actually the second time that we recorded this episode yes and there were many technical difficulties pieces. yeah but but <laughs> but as we reflect on that both the first time the second time and as you listen to this episode it it just shows you how important this message is mm-hmm. Uh, because of how difficult it was to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very true. Yeah.
1: With that, talking about resilience, right? Well, let us introduce you to Sherilyn. Sherilyn is passionate about helping parents, teachers, and guardians raise emotionally healthy and resilient children. She has worked with families and educators in North America, Europe, and Africa to help them build safe schools, homes, and communities where children can flourish. The stoplight approach that she developed was born out of her experiences as an educator, a foster mom, and a mom to seven through birth and adoption. And it combines biblical truths with the latest brain science. Rooted in neuroscience and the Bible, the approach she describes has been used around the world because it spans all cultural contexts. She's going to help us read the signals of what it means for our brain to be in green, yellow, or red, And become more aware of our emotions and your child's emotions so that we can understand how to respond based on the signal sent.
0: All right, let's listen in.
1: Well, Sherilyn, welcome to the In Between podcast. We're so glad you're here. For those who don't know, we've had um, quite a little bit of an issue with audio and recording. And so, you know what? You know it's going to be a good podcast. So welcome, as we were saying, in all our true glory, Sherilyn.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here with you today. And even amongst all the technical issues, I'm glad that it's now working. So um, yeah, thanks for having me on today.
1: Awesome. So our first question for you, Sherilyn, is can you explain for our podcast family what exactly the stoplight approach is?
2: Well, the stoplight approach is actually very simple. It is just uh, red, yellow, green. We look at the brain state from that perspective. Um, so um, a few minutes ago, my brain was very much running in the yellow and the red department. It was uh, I was in that sense of ah, what's happening? I can't make this work, and we're not connecting very well. Um, but it, it gives common language. The stoplight approach gives common language to understand our brain. Our brain is very complex, but we can narrow it down to three parts of the brain. So we call it red, yellow, green. We call it the stoplight approach. So let me give you an example here. So if you are in red brain, you're in that fight, flight for free. You know, your heart's going 100 miles a minute and you're like, ah, what's going to happen? And you're just angry. You're just, you're... Your kid's having a meltdown, or you're having a meltdown, or mm-hmm. your spouse is having a meltdown, somebody's having a meltdown, and or they're just shutting themselves in the room and they won't talk to anybody, and they're just shut down completely. So that's uh, the red brain, we call it. That's when your brain is feeling very unsafe. Okay. Uh, your brain is overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so in order to come out of that brain state, that's your lower part of your brain, um, into the limbic system, uh, so going from the red brain to the limbic system, which we call yellow brain, that's when you're using 75% of your IQ. When you're in your brainstem, you're only using 50% of your IQ. But when, in the limbic system, you tend to use about 75%. That's when you're stressed, you're worried, you're anxious, you're tired. You're not the best version of yourself. Okay. And... Okay. Um, And then there's the green brain, and that's where I am taking a deep breath. I'm going, okay, I'm in green brain now. We've we've dealt with all the technical issues, and now I'm um, hoping to be the best version of myself (laughs) Um, as we go into this podcast. That's when I'm using 100% of my IQ. That's when I can do problem solving. That's when I can have empathy. That's uh, when I can do critical thinking. So that's my green brain, and that's when I can go. That's when I can learn at the best, um, at the best possible time uh, when my brain is functioning the best.
0: Yeah. Okay. So in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the connection between the stoplight approach and marriage and parenting. And, and we're going to get into all the nitty gritty of all that. And, And we really appreciate the way that you explained the connection between the stoplight approach and brain science. Uh, Before we get into some of those nitty-gritty questions, what's the connection between that and the Bible as well? Do you see one in addition to the brain science connection?
2: A (laughs) hundred percent, because God (laughs) is the creator of our brain. That means he knows us intimately. So when he's looking at us, he doesn't see a behavior issue. He sees us, a brain issue. He sees, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, we are feeling overwhelmed, we can't cope, or we're choosing to make choices based on maybe our own past or on other uh, uh, other issues. And we come from a world of rules, obey the rules. And it's a, we come from a society that is very focused on um, how do we obey the rules? How do we work hard? And if we don't Match up, and we don't meet the expectations of our school, of our family, of our of our spouse. Then we we kind of do these. We have this punishment, or we give rewards if it's going well. And the punishments are like very fear based or uh, okay. shaming, okay. Um, make you feel bad. And rewards, you know, you earn this, you could do this, and then you get the task completed, and then we can have connection. You do yeah. what I want you do what this institution is expecting of you, then we can have connection. Where, where Jesus comes and he flips everything on the head. That's like the Pharisees. They're very rules oriented. Do this, do this, do this. And if you don't, yeah. you get punished. Well, Jesus came in and he said, you matter. Right. He says, you matter. And and he's all about that relationship. The relationship is the heart of the gospel of mm-hmm. who Jesus says. He says, come to me. He says, bring me your mess. Right. Bring me your anxiety. Bring me everything that weighs heavy on your heart. Um, and he says, I will give you rest. Mm. And then when he looks at us, he, he sees us and he says, I'm your refuge. And then he says to us, because he doesn't want us to be in red brain
1: because hmm. red
2: brain plays the purpose. but We can't live in red brain. You know, if there's, if there's a, um, if there's a lion going to attack you or a snake on the ground or something's happening and you need to move that car out of the way because uh, your kids underneath it, you know, like hmm. we get the extra strength to do those kind of things. So red brain is important, but we can't, Live in red brain, mm-hmm. and God says, "Bring me your mess. Bring me everything that's uh, causing your brain to go to red." And He says, "I will give you rest." He doesn't get angry and say, "Get out of here! Go to your room, timeout." And when you're ready to be part of us, then you can come back. Mm-hmm. And then what He does is He says, "I love you, mm-hmm. just right. as you are, not as you want to be, not as you should be, and not as you could be. I love you." And within that, Christ makes us feel seen. He makes us Mm -hmm. feel heard. He makes us feel valued because we matter to him. And what's happening in our life matters to him. And how we feel and our thoughts, they matter to him. And so as we come to him, we know that he is a God who loves us so intimately. Mm -hmm. And he wants that connection and that relationship. And he's not going to leave us in that mess. He sees it, yes, but he he cares about us more than our behavior. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. he says, I'm not going to leave you in your mess. We're going to work on this together because I am with you always. And I will give you strength to do the hard things of life, to repair and restore your relationship because I am with you. And I want you to be an emotionally healthy person and to be the best version of yourself that's what god has called us to do yeah i I see incredible parallels to that and stoplight approach
0: yeah i love i love the connection that you drew there between the stoplight approach brain science and the bible and i know uh podcast family you maybe you were here too but as as sherilyn was giving the example of, of sending a kid to the room. <laughs> it's like, go, go to your room. I can't handle you right now. I was like, I know I've done that before yep, many a time. So why don't we dig in from there? Because is that is that something, is like when you when you think about parenting and the stoplight approach and parents who have done that and who grew up on timeouts and have been using that sort of technique, uh, what relationship does that parenting way of doing a timeout relate to the stoplight approach?
2: Well, I think um that's a very rules-based you yeah, listen okay. to me or you're in timeout. And mm. um so that's that's behavior management. I used okay. to teach behavior man- management. Um I was a queen of behavior management <laughs> and uh how do you control your children? And I'm gonna control them through either rewards or I'm gonna control them through punishment. And they need to follow my rules. And um And, but, but we are, we matter Mm -hmm. as people, not because of what we do or don't do. We matter because God loves us. Mm -hmm. And if we are going to follow the way that Christ parents us, and he has modeled for us how we need to treat one another, we need to flip the equation and we need to start with that connection. And uh, first of all, I want to say, <laughs> we all are doing the best we can with the knowledge we have. And mm-hmm. uh, I was I was a parent like that as well. And I have given my kids many timeouts. Go to your room, read three books, and when you're ready to listen, come back to me. And I've sat there as a teacher, and I've said, I've got all day. I can sit here and wait till you're ready to listen to me. <laughs> and 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 I want to say stoplight's not permissive, but it's how do we coach children? How do we yeah. connect to their hearts first? How do we make them feel safe with us? How do we make mm. them feel seen, heard, and valued? And then how do we help them to make the choices that they need to make that are going to create a green environment and a green home? And so um, that's what the Stoplight approach focuses yeah. on is giving you those tools to not be permissive, but how do I do that in a safe and loving way?
1: Yeah, yeah. I love the tangibility of um, the stoplight approach just because I feel as though with the same language, kids and parents and teachers, as you were saying, can really learn and be on the same page with the same vocabulary. Uh, Sherilyn, I'd love to uh, hear more about what a green home looks like. What does that feel like? So as Daniel was saying, in our own parenting when we were younger, our children were younger, and even in the parenting we grew up in, it was a very rules-based place to be. So for those of us who cannot even imagine what a green home looks or feels like, can you give us a picture of that?
2: Well, I think... um a green home is not a perfect home. Let me just tell you that. Thank started. you for saying that, or else I'm out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be
1: orange yellow home forever.
2: <laughs> because none of us are um, are exempt from the struggles of life and mm. and, and the things that happen in, in in life. I mean, I just came back this week after being overseas and, and jet lagged. Like my husband and been looking after children and. You know, the next thing I know that two kids are, one's got the mumps and one's got a, an eye infection. And then the next thing I know, my husband's in the hospital having an a- appendectomy. So, I mean, I've, I've come back into a very red and yellow uh, situation. Yeah. Um, but, but we don't need to let those situations engulf us. Mm-hmm. We don't need to uh, become that red home, even if the situation becomes red. But so we are human beings, and, and we live in the struggles of life. So what does a green home look like? I think the first thing is it, it is the foundation. I look at it as relationships. Your child, your spouse, everybody living in that home needs to know that they matter. Hmm. That, yeah. uh, that, they, that That you care about them more than any behavior that they do or don't do. Um, and that they matter. That's foundation. It's not about the rules. It's not about the behavior. It's you. And that's what Christ says to us. We need to flip the equation and start with the connectedness. Connect to the child's heart, and make them feel seen, heard, and valued. So I look at it like it's got the foundation of relationship. You matter, and then we have three pillars in our green home, which is we want everybody to feel safe. Because if we don't have a safe home, it's felt safety. We have a toxic red home Um, when people feel unsafe in your home is not a safe place to be Mm -hmm. so that is that is number one a pillar to have up in your home is we need to everybody needs to feel safe safe body safe heart Um, and then the the middle pillar is respect but it's mutual respect where my children need to know that they need to make me feel seen heard and valued but i need to make them feel seen heard and valued that we all matter and we're all going to learn the skills of listening to one another and hearing what they're saying. And if we don't have that, if we don't have a, uh, an environment where people feel seen, heard, and valued, then you have a yellow home. When people are so busy and that's so easy to do as a parent, because we have telephones and we're distracted by telephones mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and we are busy. We're running from here to there to everywhere. And sometimes, relationships can kind of get lost, or the kid could be in the room and present, but not feel that they're important, that you care about them. Um, And sometimes we need to explain to them that they need to be in the room at at some point and say, hey, mom's got to make this very important phone call right now. And I need you to do this while I'm making this phone call. But then I want to hear what what you have to say to me. Hmm. So it's not just letting, you know, a sense of entitlement from children, but it's we're partnering together to make people feel seen, heard, and valued. And the third thing is is responsibility. We all got to learn to take responsibility. Otherwise you have a home that's full of chaos. Hmm. So what does that responsibility look like? And how do we coach kids? Because challenging children are challenging because they don't have the skills not to be challenging. Dr. Ross Green always says, and I love mm. that quote because it's it helps me to hold on to, my job is to skill build. That's yeah. what I need to do when I'm teaching responsibility. It's not to mm. punish my kids. And that's what timeout does. Go to your room, timeout. It's saying to the child, your behavior is too much for me. Mm. I don't want to see you. When you get your life together, then you can come back into my presence. And we do it as spouses to each other all the time. Mm. I'm not even talking to you. I don't even want to see you. I'm walking away from this. You know, so it's not just a child thing. The stoplight is for toddlers, to teens, to parents, uh, to all of us, because we're all humans and we all have a brain. And we've all been raised under the system often of behavior management and controlling other people Mm -hmm. by manipulating them, power over them, Mm -hmm. um, fear-based. And now how do we come back to just being with people? Now, we do make mistakes. We mess up. I mess mm-hmm. up every day. Um, but the stoplight approach gives you that safety. That yeah. when you mess up, people aren't gonna stamp you in the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't gonna make you shame you. But people it gives you a place to reset, repair, and restore your relationships. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's the beauty of the stoplight approach. It comes together because our goal isn't just to get the Done. Get the kids to school on time. Get the job, the homework done. That's that's not our goal in life. That's a nice outcome, but mm-hmm. our first thing is to grow in green and engage in green. So we want the connection. Yeah. Then we use the stoplight approach. Is the word approach means that we're approaching each situation through understanding the brain. So that yeah. person's okay. in red brain. How do I speak red brain when they're in yellow brain? How do I speak yellow okay. brain? And yeah. when they're in green brain, how do I speak green brain? Yeah. It's a behavior issue. It's, a, it's, it's not a behavior issue. It's a brain issue. That's what mm-hmm. I come back to with the stoplight yep. approach. The wait is over. Find out what
0: happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the Kidnap Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. I, I love the... I love the picture that you're painting, mm-hmm. uh, the the details around the characteristics and the red, yellow, green home and what that is. And and I know this isn't an overnight, uh, okay, now we're going to be a green home and we're always going to stay in the green and no matter what, <laughs> right? Because there's a sense where for me personally as a father, yeah, how do I... How do I not go straight to rules management, behavioral modification, and how do I how do I go before that? But yet, I'll find my time. You know, I'll find myself in moments where our kids are yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to send. I want to separate them. I want to focus just in on the rules. So, so can you give our listeners a a you know? Kind of kind of a guide as to, okay, yes, I want to build this green home, but right now, two of my kids are yelling at each other or or my kid and my spouse are yelling at each other. How do you uh, being the third person in that situation react as you're trying to build a green home?
2: Every situation is different, but we call it create a gap. okay, okay. this is not a life threatening situation and you you do sometimes say, okay, you know, we all need to get back to green. And when you are in green, when your family's in green, you make a green plan. So everybody kind of knows that green plan. So part of your green plan would be is when we're going to red, we just need to take time to to regroup and get our make our brain feel safe. Make our brain feel being heard and valued and then we can discuss this. so Mm. so for instance i had a child who when they get like that then it's kind of like okay use your green plan one kid is out on the trampoline just jumping calming Mm. her brain that repetitive patterning another kid might be on a hammock another kid might be listening to music in their room we don't have to solve the problem in the moment okay. <laughs> mm, okay. because nobody's brain state can solve the problem in the moment so right. sometimes we need to 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 do something to get our brains back to green and then we can recollect together and okay. work through the, the issue but the most important challenge of all is making sure that you are in green because mm. of mirroring neurons when we see something somebody else that's in red we our brain says oh i'm in red too because i need to I'm feeling unsafe yeah. right so if you're right. around somebody who's yelling, immediately you get defensive you get rigid because when our brain states go from red green to yellow to red we become rigid we become controlling we become inflexible. so maybe that same mom who was pretty easy to go and working with their kids like when I'm when I'm in green i'm I'm really great. when I'm mm-hmm. in red, I'm not so great at all because, I don't care that you spent the last three hours building that Lego. You know, company is showing up in five minutes. It needs to all go back in the box. But i have been working on it. I don't care. Just put it back in the box. Because my brain is in red at this yeah. point. And all I care about, because when we get to red, our brains are only thinking about the task that needs to get done. Or, or it's all about me. I don't mm. care care about anybody else. You cannot have empathy for somebody else if you are in red or yellow right. and that's what that's that's what's really hard because people will say to me we're a yellow society Damn. well guess what our kids don't feel seen, heard and valued if you are in yellow or red wow. and mm. and that's a challenge for each parent is to say how do i get my own brain state to green right. so that i can have my child feel being heard and valued and they feel like they're they're connected to me because they're not going to connect with you if you're in yellow or red so biggest challenge get yourself to green first make a green plan everybody knows it so that you can get yourself back to green and then work through the issues that what happened
1: Mm, hmm i love how you unpacked that for us because um you were saying that sometimes we can't solve it right in that moment So we need to take a step away, have our green plan, self-regulate and then come back. And the part I want to underline you're saying is that you come back to restoring the relationship because how easy it is for us. And we're going to shift our talk to marriage. How easy it is, even Daniel, I'm thinking of when we have a fight and we are like storm off or cool off. And then it just seems as though it's easier to go on with life once we've cooled down versus have those conversations where we need to dig a little deeper. We need to take time in together and work on that. So Sherilyn, I would love to hear how the stoplight approach Uh, Yes, we've talked about in parenting, but what does that look like in marriage? How can it help us connect or reconnect with our spouses using that approach and understanding brain
2: science? Great. I just want to step back one second to what you were saying a minute ago, because there's the science behind that is to create new neural pathways in your Mm. brain um, um, for the behavior that you want. So often, you're right, parents will just say, move on. Like, like, okay, the fighting's done. The kids have been in their, the kids have been doing their green plan or whatever, and then we just move on. Let's go do this, or we're running here or doing this, right. um, getting ready for bed. But it's really important to go back to, as Karen Pervy says, the scene of the crime, so that, mm. so that uh, we can create the new. We need to do redos. We need to go back, and we need to go back to where they, the incident had it, happened, and then we need to have them replay it again in a correct way so that we're creating, we're teaching them. It's Stoplight's about skill building. So we're teaching them the the way that they could respond in this situation uh, for the future. So um, don't forget the redos. I have taken my kids back to school with their backpacks after they were fighting in the car and <laughs> kicking each other as they were climbing in and dumping, hitting each other and dumping their backpacks on each other and fighting over what seat... Um, I brought them home, got everybody back to green, given them snacks, and then we went back to the school. Okay. And we walked back at 6 o'clock at night to the classrooms or 5 o'clock at night to the classrooms. And then they practiced getting into the vehicle so that mm. we would know how to do that the next day so that we weren't going through this every day because people will yell at kids and uh, the mother's in red brain and the children are in red brain and they'll say, I told this kid a hundred times not to do that. Well, in reality, if your kids are in green, it takes 12 to 15 times to teach them a new skill. Mm. The same child, the same skill will take 350 to 400 times if they're in red brain and they can only do rote memory. Oh, wow. wow. So I, I, I really like what you said is we need to, to teach our kids. We need to skill build. We cannot mm-hmm. just skip that step. And it's so easy to skip that step because there's peace and harmony and we just want to keep that peace and harmony. So why right. go back to the scene of the crime? <laughs> uh, so um, you were t- uh, just asked me another question uh, about marriage. How does yeah. it The stoplight relates to marriage. Well, I feel like the stoplight approach has impacted my marriage more than almost anything else. Um, because my, my marriage is foundational in my home, it sets the tone for everything that happens in our, to- in our, um, in our home. And I think it, it's so important. Um, like I, I'm just going to move back quite a few years because we travel, my husband travels, I travel, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, back and forth. We, we live in Greece right now. And so I remember different times um, over life where where his river has gone one way, my river's gone the other. When we meet together, there's rapids like he's been gone for a couple of weeks and I've been a single parent and doing things. And then he comes back and suddenly he just wants to step right into where he left off. And mm. and the, the stoplight approach really helps us because I used to stand there at the door. You know, we have seven kids. I have special needs children, I have adopted children, uh, and I have uh, biological children. So life is pretty crazy sometimes at our house. Actually, it's very crazy sometimes. And um, and, and in the midst of all of that, I'm desperate. I'm counting the hours till my husband come home because then I'm not single parenting anymore. Actually, I can't wait to have a holiday when he walks in the door. And so as he walks in the door, I want to just hand him this the kid and say, here you go, I'm done, I need a break. Um, Mm -hmm. but as I've learned about brain science, I started to be able to handle these situations differently. And I, I'm starting to look at him differently and go, okay, this is, he is exhausted. Mm. So my unmet need and my expectation, unmet expectation is, you know, he's home. He needs to look after the kids. He's saying, I just had a hard two weeks trip and now I'm home Mm -hmm. and I just want to rest that's his expectations and when you have unmet expectations your dopamine levels crash completely and mm-hmm. um and you just kind of, and we both have unmet needs we're both tired so we started to realize that those first days after a trip are awful i'm angry he's angry Agree, we're just like, (laughs) you know, it's like two people in red brain not happening, nothing good is happening in that home. So it's it's as I started to learn about brain science, and as my husband is, doesn't mean that we don't have any uh, stresses or challenges when we reconnect. But we're looking at it through the eyes of brain science and we're saying, okay, that person's going to be in red brain. How do Mm -hmm. we get ourselves back to green? How do we? Like, simplify, like this week, we had great plans for the week before he got in the hospital, and the two kids got sick, but we <laughs> we are starting to kind of make some plans to make our marriage a priority when okay. he comes in, so that we both can feel seen, heard, and valued. We can both feel like we matter, that um that yes yeah, i've I've looked after I've been on the trip, and I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I've had this and and I've been with uh you know aging parents and whatever else um, overseas and all of the challenges. And, and yet I can make him know that he matters. He's been mm-hmm. holding the board at home. And, and at the same time, we can give each other space. We we can give each other the opportunity and we can try to put less demands on what's happening in life. So yeah, yeah. This, how do we work through this red, yellow, green is so important because I can, he's not doing this to me. Like when mm-hmm. he didn't okay. want the kids, it's like, well, you don't care about us. You don't care about me. Um, it, and it's so easy to go there as marriages mm-hmm. when we yeah. don't feel valued, we, we can kind of like that way yeah. does that make sense mm-hmm. for sure
0: and I and I love the examples both on the driving back to school and getting into the car again <laughs> I it in my mind <laughs> yeah it's awesome and also as it relates to coming back from a trip and your examples with marriage and 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 Sherlyn, this is what we love about you and your stoplight approach and and your book because you make it you make when it comes to brain science there's so much talk about it and it's 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 kind of in vogue and, and people are like, Oh yeah, there's so much that we can learn from it. But but it's complicated. Like when you think about all the different chemicals and the dopamines and states and all that stuff. What we love about the stoplight approach is you've really simplified it to a way that we can we can we can do something about it. Mm-hmm. And and as you are mentioning before, there's this sense in creating a green home in parenting where you yourself need to understand some of these principles and you need to learn how to this this paradigm being grace-based, not rules-based. There's there's this there's this stuff that you we all need to know and own to be able to do that. So so as it relates to our marriage there is this sense that yeah that yeah i need to right there there are things that i need to do it's not just what my spouse needs to it's what, what i need to do so so can you give our listeners a sense of okay what are some practical steps today or this week that i can do for me in so that i can approach my marriage and i can approach my parenting uh beginning in kind of a green sort of way mm mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think first of all, it's um, uh, learning the stoplight approach. It it is a huge paradigm shift, mm-hmm. and and yep. uh, it, it is simple. It's red, yellow, green. It's being able to look at people and say, "What color is their brain?" Mm-hmm. So that's what I would encourage each person to do throughout the week. Is just start to watch and say, hey, "Is is that what part of the brain is that ch- that child in? What part mm-hmm. of the brain is my husband in?" Um, because that will help you and what and the most important is what color brain am I in because we always stay in the stoplight world stoplight starts with me if I'm not in green nobody else in my family is going to be in green because if I'm in red I believe me it will filter trace to the entire family and I, I would just encourage you to start looking at your spouse as not a behavior issue they're not doing something to you but what brain state are they in and if they are in red how do you make a person in red feel safe? Mm. How do you make a person in yellow feel being heard and valued that they matter, mm. and not not that they didn't do the you know I don't know my husband never comes home with the right grocery list <laughs> Um, I, I just don't understand that he comes home with either extras or not the right thing or anything else and it's just like ah. and, and creativity. So it's probably
0: not just a him thing uh, there's a reason Christina shops and not me because we end up going over our grocery bill when I do it
1: I did not ask for 10 bags of chips honey. Yes, but chips are on sale
0: you gotta buy 10
2: you look at the prices and you go what is this one? well the other one is cheaper um, you know and, and you know you could have saved $2 if he had if he gotten the other or uh, whatever and uh, so and, and sometimes we make those little things major things mm. but yeah uh, Sometimes we have to recognize, um, just, you know, he did, it's red, red in my mind, it's a red situation. You know, he brought home everything that he didn't want. But what was his brain state? His Mm -hmm. brain state was very green. He was trying to help me. He was, he went out of his way. He drove there. He he even took a baby with him, you know, like, and he was trying his hardest to help me okay. but sometimes we only see what the result is like he bought the things that weren't on the list or I missed something really important I needed for that dinner tonight um, or something else and I, I tend to focus and become rigid and controlling because I you did this to me I can't believe you did this wow. mm. and really it's about he had the perfect green state now he might lack the skills in knowing how to shop like I can but that doesn't mean he was trying to do something to hurt me or to make me feel like yes. he didn't go in the store and go, oh, I'm not going to buy what she likes. I'm <laughs> just going to buy this, this, this. Right. No, he was trying to do the best he could. Um, he just lacked probably quite a few skills along the way in that department. Um, and, and I just need to have grace and patience for that mm. and recognize his, what his brain state was when he did that for me. It was very mm. green and very loving. He wasn't trying to hurt me, um, and I, I was just like my my husband just had an appendectomy, and he was in agony two days ago, like three days ago, and you know all of a sudden it was so scary yeah. because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know it was going to be an appendicitis to me. Right. I don't even. Um, we just saw him in agony, and until we got to the doctor, until they told us that he had to have surgery, and this is what was happening. It felt so big to us. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in my married life, uh, in the beginning, you know, sometimes these big emotions that came out of nowhere that just seemed so big. And I went from green to red. So suddenly it's scary. And, and, and we don't understand what's going on. And you think it's like a behavior issue. I need to change. I need to try harder. I need not to do this. Mm-hmm. But learning stoplight has opened up a whole new world because it is so amazing. Because I can understand my brain, I can understand my kids' brains, mm-hmm. and then I have the tools and the skills to know what to do. But when you don't know what to do, and it just it's just it just creates redness and mess every which direction. Mm-hmm. It, it, your home feels red. Your your life feels chaotic, and you feel like there's no way forward. And that's what I love about the stoplight. It says there's always hope because right. of neuroplasticity, we can change the brain. Mm-hmm. I can change the biology of my husband's brain. That's exciting, wow. or my yeah. children's brain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's that's one of the the things that I hold onto so great is and 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 the Bible talks about that too. Is how how you can change your brain, like you can rewire your brain.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that. I'm also thinking as this podcast is going to go out, uh, kind of in the maybe if some of you are listening that you started school already or you're about to start school, and I think we've talked a lot about Mary. We've talked a lot about parenting, maybe for uh, the younger kids who would need to practice going back to school and doing that for us as we have teenagers and for other podcast listeners and family that have teenagers I'm thinking about Sherilyn how the stoplight approach could help them make wiser decisions or could help them be able to approach us and tell them tell us as parents that maybe they have a decision they're not sure how to make or that they made a wrong choice. So how could we help our teenagers who are faced with so many different pressures that even we haven't faced before, how can the stoplight approach or how can we teach them using the stoplight approach to make wiser decisions?
2: Great question. And I think it's fundamental that every child knows that they matter. Mm -hmm. Their thoughts matter, their feelings matter, what's happening in their life matters, um, and that you are willing to take the time to listen to them. Um, I think that's really important. And I think sharing with children and helping your teenagers understand their brain, that um, it gives them tools. That they need to go forward and and making those life choices that are so big and understanding their peer group and what their peer group is trying to do. And and we have a teenage book out there as well, but it's like, it's how do you, how do you understand what's happening in your teenage brain? That's, you know, these impulses and these Mm -hmm. big, big emotions that are happening. This is not about you. Your brain is struggling right now. Your brain, there's pruning happening in your brain. And uh, and what are you going to myelinate on? What are the, the good choices that you're going to do? Because what what you choose as a teenager is going to affect your life. And how do you start making those choices and understanding that, you know, peers around you are going to want to take these big risks. And uh, and you need to, um, I love chocolate because we, we spend a lot of time on looking at how do we grow emotional intelligence? Mm -hmm. And how do we look at um, that moral identity? Who are you? Who am I? And what are are you going to choose? What color home do you want to live in? Uh, How are you going to make these green choices to have this, you know, green life uh, um, and be an emotionally healthy person? And so I think it's opening up Uh, The place where your child feels safe, they feel seen, Mm -hmm. heard, and valued, and you're helping them grow responsibility. I love Stoplight because it's not power over your child or your teenager. It's power with them. It's all about collaborating with your Mm -hmm. child or your teenager so that they take ownership of where they want their life to go and to work with them in that situation.
0: Sherilyn, we're coming to the end of our podcast and I I I'm I'm sure all of our listeners are on the same page as us. We could keep on listening to you talking about this for hours yeah, because exactly. the wisdom that you have like we can tell. We can you're not reading off a script here. I mean, you are living this out, you have taught this you you embody this not in perfection right and i love how you how you said that it's like Mm -hmm. no there's never going to be a perfect green home but there's there's so much nuance around this that we know um which is why we want to encourage all of our listeners to pick up a copy of your book and to be able to connect with you to dig in, because these forty plus minutes of a podcast aren't enough. It's right. just the tip of the iceberg. So, so Charlene, can you let our listeners know where they can pick up a copy of your book and how they can connect with you?
2: Um, if you go on to our website, uh, the stoplightapproach.org, um, you can uh, uh, find lots of resources. There's free resources. There's different books. For, um, for your family, um, or if you're a teacher, for your school. Um, and uh, we have also a podcast, uh, The Stoplight Approach. One of our uh, team members um, and trainers has done an excellent job of uh, going through the signals book with her husband, who's a pastor. Hmm. Um, the two of them have uh, the second uh, session. They went through each chapter of the book. And so if you're reading the, uh, the signals book, please Uh, go online and just listen to their dialogue. They have four kids and it's very fun to listen to them um, go through it, uh, go through the book. Um, So that's really fun Um, and um, yeah, um, feel free to um, contact us. We have an online course as well and uh, the Signals book you can get uh, on Amazon or any other place as well Um, or the Focus on the Family that's published it. Yeah. So love to love to connect with you. And thank you for having me on this um, on this podcast. And just remember that the stoplight approach, you're not going to wake up if you're a very red person and and your life feels out of control. Start taking those baby steps. Say, mm-hmm. what can I do today? How do I spend 10 minutes today making my child feel seen, heard and valued? How do I sit with them? How do I let them uh, take the lead in the conversation? and not try to fix them or correct them, but just listen to their their heart. So I would encourage you to do that um, as you go forward. And remember, it's a journey and uh, don't give up. Yeah. (laughs) Love
0: it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Sherlyn. Wow. Told you it was going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: I'm thinking, oh man. We've done a lot of things wrong, we? have yes, done a lot have. of red yes. brain parenting. Yes.
0: But that's why I go back to the beginning of this podcast where she was like, hey, this is about grace mm-hmm. and this is about coming before Jesus. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And red brained. Yeah. And red <laughs> brained in our marriage, in our parenting. And I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. And that's really the heart of this approach. And yeah. Man, I really do hope that you can go to inbetween.org slash episode 171 to grab the links, to grab a copy of her book, to to learn more about Sherilyn and her ministry, because this is going to help you become more aware of your own emotions and others.
1: Yeah. And y'all, I think one of the things that we continue to touch on and hear about podcast after podcast, interview after interview is don't go at this alone, right? if you are in red brain and you continue to feel like you're in red brain or you feel just lonely and not sure where to turn, that perhaps there's somebody else that you can reach out to to have that communication, to be able to to even say, hey, I feel like I'm parenting or my marriage is continually in red brain. What can we do? Can you help me? And be able to Talk about this podcast together. So maybe there's a friend that, or your spouse that you can send this interview to and say, can you listen to this so we can have the same common language and we can talk about how we can move from red brain to yellow brain to green brain. You know what? This would be an awesome podcast to even send to your teenager where, hey, could you listen to this? And then we can figure out how we can have that gap as she was talking about. How can we have that plan? of getting all of us to green brain a simple way to do that is you can send them the link off any podcast app or you can send them the link inbetween.org episode 171
0: all right we'll catch you next time this episode was brought to you in part by the areopagus podcast two clergy of different traditions father andrew stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage
2: with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.